in today's show. It's time for another mock draft. This one is mock draft 3.0. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore b-ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. So it's been a week since my last mock draft. In that time, we've had shows covering a bunch of prospects. We've done Jabari Smith, we've done Gabriel Procida, Kendall Brown, Ujman Jeng, Blake Wesley, Dalen Terry. Shaden Sharp, Jaden Hardy, Jake LaRavia, Jabari Walker, bunch of guys. And we're going to be doing a bunch more this week, including Jaden Ivey. We're going to be doing uh, Tari Eason, Johnny Davis. Um, who else are we going to be doing? Mark Williams, Ty Ty Washington, covering all those guys this week. Chad Holmgren, most likely as well. Mock Draft 3.0, a few changes in the order. Again, this, as I said way back when I did the first one, the 30th of May, um, it's a process of digging in, learning more about these players and adjusting the big board and the mock draft process as we go along and we get to you know the 22nd to 23rd of June. 23rd of June is actually the draft and finalize uh, the mock draft order by then. So is there any changes or are there any changes? Yes, there are plenty of changes in this mock draft. So, Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> A quick reminder, as you can see on the screen, the first four picks there if you are on YouTube, this is not what I expect to happen. So if you're going to come in like, they will never pick this guy here. Yep, that's fine. Don't care. Not my problem. That's not what this mock draft is about. I will do one of those mock drafts, but this is not about me predicting what teams will do. I don't have sources in teams to tell me what they're going to do. I am just looking go, what I would do if I was in charge of that team. That is how this works. So again, if your comment is going to start off, this team will never pick this guy, not the point of this exercise. You could say, I wouldn't pick this guy. Actually, you can do whatever you want. I'm just telling you, like that first thing doesn't work. If you say, I wouldn't pick this guy here, it totally makes sense. Then we can have a debate and discussion about those players. But this is not about, I predict this team will do this. Not what this is about. Number one, it's not going to change for me. The Orlando Magic should, I believe, pick Chet Holmgren. I don't actually think he's a risk of a bust. That's not true. Every single player and every single pick, basically, there's some chance of being a bust. That's just the case. There's no 100% hit rate. The draft is very crapshooty. But I would pick Chet. Yes, he does need to put on some weight. Needs to get stronger, as a lot of these guys do. But I just think the ability that he has... Um, again, I don't believe this is a very strong draft class, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit more later on. 
I just think that he stands pretty much head and shoulders above the rest of these guys. Defensive ability, yes, he can switch. No, he won't get played off the court. Um, creating his own offense is going to be a, maybe a little bit of an issue. The shooting needs to improve somewhat. Um, but I think defensively, he's going to be able to hang straight away. And then we see those other parts of his game come in. So I've got Chet going at number one to the Orlando Magic. Again, I don't. I actually don't expect this to happen. Maybe it is Jabari. I think that Chet will probably end up going at two. But I don't know. There's still you know, a lot of stuff up in the air. But if I had number one, that'd be a pretty, pretty straightforward pick to me for me to pick Chet Holmgren. I don't have any issues with him fitting alongside Wendell Carter. Um, I wouldn't be making any selection based on Wendell Carter or God knows would I be making any pick based on having Mo Bumba's restricted free agency rights. So I will take Chet Holmgren at one. Number two, the Oklahoma City Thunder. And I have changed this one. My last two drafts, I've gone with Jabari Smith at number two. I've actually dropped him down. I'm going to take Paolo? No, Paolo Banquero, the forward out of Duke. Um, Part of my issue, it's not really an issue with Smith, is Smith's quite a good defender. He's got some shooting, but can he ever be a high-level, self-creating player? No, the shooting's great. Defense is solid for, for Smith. But can he ever be a guy where, like at an NBA level, get the ball to him and let him do something, or will he be like a 19% usage forward, which is okay, but is it worth it at pick two? I'm not sure that it is. And I'm going to go back and forth on these guys a lot. These next three players, Bunkero, Smith, and Ivy, I'm going to go back and forth a lot on them. And I feel like, we talk about busts, I feel like there's one of these guys is just not going to work out. That. And it's pretty common in the top five to have at least one of them just not someone not work out. Shout out Dragon Bender or Josh Jackson or sorry, Suns fans didn't mean to just shit on you with both of those ones or Hashim Thabit or you know a bunch of guys really in that in top fives that just don't work out. So someone's not going to work out. I'm going to take Bunkero here. He's got more of that high usage ability. He's much better passer than what Smith is. Defensively, yes, there's a lot of work needed on him there. Um, but I just think having a a big offensive option in the front court for the Thunder, I, I think is something that... And it's probably a little bit more upside in just being that player. And I think that that's, yeah, that's useful to take Paolo there at number two. So three is the Houston Rockets taking Jabari Smith. Um, I did have Jaden Ivey going to Houston last time out. I'm a l- I've dropped a little bit off on Ivy. Uh, I-, I think his athleticism-, athleticism is great. I'm always somewhat skeptical, and I've, you know, that's maybe burnt into my head a little bit more. I've got, and let's just talk. I've got Sacramento taking Ivy at four. So it's Smith at three and Ivy at four. I'll talk about these guys together because I had Ivy at three last time. It's a bit skeptical of guys who struggle as freshmen and can come off the bench and play low minutes like Ivy did, then step up as sophomores and really blow up. Now, it's not as bad to me or it's not as red flaggy to me as someone who struggles, 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 and then as a senior, they go crazy. Then I go, okay, I don't buy this at all. But I'm a little bit like Ivy wasn't really in this discussion as a freshman and then took big steps forward uh, as a sophomore. So I have dropped him back down to four. I, as good as Darren Fox can be, or could be, or maybe is. I'm not sure that he is a guy that I just completely say, well, I can't take another guard because Fox is here. I think they could actually work together. Um, and same with Davion Mitchell. They go, well, I've got Mitchell. So forget Ivy, don't worry about that. So Smith goes at three. The Rockets obviously need forwards. I think Smith and Shengun 
would work pretty well together. And then I've got Ivy going at um, pick number four. So my top four is Holmgren, Bunkero, Smith, and Ivy. They are my top four picks in this mock draft. But I'm going to tell you about a way that you've got to get out there to save money. Because you sign up for free trials, you sign up for subscriptions, and sometimes you just bloody forget that they're there. Corporations are taking your money and you've got to find a way to stop it. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. And on average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. It's a lot of money. Companies make those subscriptions hard to cancel. And Truebill, well, they're here to make it incredibly simple. It's just one tap. Just link your accounts and Truebill cancels everything that you want canceled straight up. It's over 2 million users on Truebill. And Truebill has helped them save over $100 million. Matty B goes, in a matter of seconds, I saved 660 bucks for the year on my DirecTV bill. Wow. $120 a year on my Sirius XM bill and $840 a year on car insurance. That's a lot of money, Matty B. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start cancelling today at truebill.com slash locked on NBA. Go right now. That's truebill.com slash locked on NBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. We do have a mock draft, the ultimate NBA mock draft uh, across the Locked On Podcast Network starting June 16th. 50 insiders on the ultimate mock draft. It's on the channel. Just search up ultimate mock draft. You'll find it. It's locked on NBA big board guys. It's team experts, college insiders, Odyssey people as well. First pick June 16th, ultimate NBA mock draft. Follow that on your podcast provider and you'll see that there. And I might actually do a reaction to that mock draft as well over on this channel. Let us move on to the next bunch of picks. Pick five. And after these top four, and even then I'm not, I don't really, let me rephrase. Like I said, I am worried that one of those top four is going to bust. And then after that, it's, it's, I don't, it's, it's bad, man. I I sit there as Detroit and go, who do I pick? Do I pick Shaden Sharp? Well, the answer is yes, because I just did. It's not who I picked last time for them at five, I don't think. No, it is. I've picked hit that five sharp each time. But when I was doing this mock draft, I had Keegan Murray in there. But I've gone with Sharp. But I don't know. I haven't seen Sharp play. Murray's 22. Griffith did nothing in college. Sohan, really good defensively. But is there anything that's ever going to come offensively? And is he going to turn into a Coro? Dyson Daniels, can we do anything offensively? I don't know. This is, this is what I mean, like... There'll be a lot of solid rotation sort of players in this draft. But at pick five, I'd like a little bit more upside certainty or star equity. Maybe Sharp is that guy who's got the ability to be a 25-point-per-game scorer, which is highly valuable. But I don't know, man. I just haven't seen him play. So I don't know what to do with that pick. At six, the Indiana Pacers, they are taking Keegan Murray. I had dropped Murray down a little bit in my last mock, down to seven, but I've pushed him back up to six here. A lot of people who follow college really, really closely and look at the draft really closely are pretty high on Keegan. I'm not... I personally look at it and go, I I know he's old. Age is nothing, Josh. Thanks, Robert Kelly. But it is. Like, when you're three years older than everyone else and... You were in a system that funneled a lot of stuff to you at Iowa and didn't have that impact as a first-year player. It is impa- it is important to me. It's three extra years. Three extra years of development. And it's not just like, oh, well, yeah, 
you don't worry about what's happening in his second contract. I get that's part of it, but it's more like he is three years older than these guys, three years stronger than these guys, three years more experienced than these guys. And that's part of putting up those bigger numbers in college. When you head to the NBA, being 22, is that going to ha- is he going to be as successful? Or will he go back to being freshman Keegan Murray? I don't know. He put up good defensive numbers. He worked hard. His shooting, his scoring, his finishing was all really good. I'm just not, I'm not sold. And yeah, I'm probably going to come back when I do mock draft four and drop him down because I'm going to look at it again and go, it's 22, man. Yes, give me, he, he has some impact here for sure. But there might be six guys picked after him who are three years younger that by the time they're in their third NBA season, they're significantly better than what he is as a rookie. And that, that I think that's the way to look at it. It's not that in three years' time, Will, Dyson Daniels, Jalen Duren, Jeremy Sohan, Ty Ty Washington, will these guys in three years' time be better than Keegan Murray in three years' time? That's not the question, I don't think. The question should be, could those guys be in three years' time better than what Murray is as a rookie? Because that's when they're going to be the same age. And that's my hang-up on it. I probably do put too much weight into it, but hey, that is, uh, that's where I'm at with it. Number seven, Portland Trailblazers, AJ Griffin. Injuries, yes, they're a worry. Shooting, great. What else? I don't know. But what else are we doing here? I really did debate this one and went between him and Benedict Matherin and Jeremy Sohan at this spot. But I ended with Griffin just getting that shooting alongside Dame. We know that this team is starved of forwards. There is little there. Griffin doesn't have to be a high usage player next to Simons and Lillard. Um, Yes, I could say the same for Sohan as well. But I'm going to take Griffin here, and I don't feel particularly good about it. Number eight, New Orleans Pelicans. I dropped Benedict Matherin probably too far. and Well, obviously, based on this one, it's too far. Uh, I dropped him to 14 last mock. I've got Benedict going at number eight here to the Pelicans. Still worry a little bit about um, your, what is he doing if he's not scoring um, offensively. Is there any passing? Well, how's the shooting going to be? Is the size real? I know he's got good strength and all that sort of stuff. But when I look at these other guys that are around this area that I was deciding on, whether it was Daniels or Sohan in particular, Matherin probably has the highest star upside here. The Pelicans, should they draft for role players? I don't know. Like Sohan and Jones, is their duplication there? Probably, maybe. Daniels was interesting, and he's probably the one that I did more highly consider there to play alongside CJ. But in the end, I just think a little bit more, maybe a little bit more star upside with Matherin. But I, again, like Murray, like Griffin, like Sharp, I don't feel particularly good about how these guys are slotting in at the moment. What would you have done differently if you are here on YouTube? Uh, if On Twitter, you can comment as well. But if you are here on YouTube, what do you think of those top eight picks? Holmgren, Bunkero, Smith, Ivy, Sharp, Murray, Griffin, Matherin. What would you have done different? Who would you have in, out? What order would you have changed in that um, in that top eight that I just did there? But the NBA Finals are still on. And the best place for you to go find all of those odds for the NBA Finals and number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info is betonline.net. You can find all of the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including... The NBA Finals, Game 5 is coming up. The Warriors are three-and-a-half-point favorites in Game 5 back at home as the series tied 2-2. Uh, 
I, I actually think Boston might get him in this one. And I think Boston 3.5 plus 3.5 is interesting. But BetOnline has everything that you might need, whether that is the NHL finals between, I can't believe it, the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Colorado Avalanche. You can find the odds there. Baseball games, MMA, UFC, boxing, all that stuff. BetOnline should continue to source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline is where the game starts. Next group of picks, pick number nine. It's the San Antonio Spurs. And I did go with Jeremy Sohan, the forward out of Baylor. I really like him defensively. I think he's a top three defensive player in this class. We had uh, Corey on last week. He didn't actually have him top five. He had him sixth in his top five defenders, just outside. But you know, I think that can be... De- I debate that with him. And I did debate it with him on that show. But you know, he's a good defender. Let's leave it at that. Offensively... That's the risk, isn't it? What if he's just a nothing? What if he never gets cracking offensively? I think Sohan's interesting. Like, I like what he does with his hair. I like the weird British accent. I like all that stuff. That Does that give him an extra level of mystique? Probably. But you know, when you really dive in, can anything happen offensively? And that gives me a level of pause. The Spurs don't really have a bunch of forwards. Not really any of them. They don't really have the greatest defensive players. But what they do have is a good defensive scheme to help these guys out, a good back line with Jakob Pertle, and a good point guard with DeJounte Murray in terms of defense. But yeah, on the uh, Josh Primo, oh, actually, no, they, you know what? I take that back. Their defense is not bad because Devin Vassell is a good defender. Um, Kelton Johnson struggles, but getting another forward-sized player in there, I think he's useful. And having a real lockdown-y sort of player with some shooting development potentially can come. Yeah, Sohan's going there. Number 10, it's Dyson Daniels going to the Wizards. They desperately need a point guard. Did I fudge this somewhat so that Daniels could go here? I didn't, but when I got to pick 10 and pick Daniels, I went, oh, maybe I did deliberately drop him down like subconsciously so the Wizards could get a point guard because it's rough out there for point guards. Yeah, Daniels could easily go before this. I think if Daniels is on the board at 10, the Wizards should run to get him. I don't know what the hell is going on, going on with this team in terms of Brad Beal or whether he is coming back or not, but Daniels can at least... Yeah, play as a Lonzo ballish sort of player. Probably a worse shooter than Lonzo, which is not great. Although Lonzo's worked himself to being a very good shooter. But that's basically who Dyson Daniels is. And that has a lot of value defensively connecting um, yeah, players up, but you need those other players to connect too. So, yeah, good pick at 10? Yeah. Confident in it? Not really. As most of these ones. Number 11, the New York Knicks. Last time out at 11, I had the Knicks taking Ty Ty Washington. I dropped off a bit on Ty Ty, not too much. I'm going to take Malachi Branham here, the guard from Ohio State. Branham's shot making is really key. Now, this Knicks team, while they do have Evan Fournier, while they do have Julius Randle, are they the long term building blocks? Of course they're not. It's RJ Barrett. It's probably quickly, and a quickly Branham Barrett 1 2 3 combo with Grimes chucking in there as well. Maybe McBride as a backup. Maybe Toppin as the four. Yeah, I can see it. Branham, I, I like I like him defensively. I like the shot making. He has got to turn more of the long twos into threes, and I think that can come. But I do like him as a shooter and as a scorer. At 12, this one has stayed really the same through all of my mocks, and that's Jalen Duran, center from Memphis, going to the Thunder at 12. He is, and I mistakenly have been calling him the youngest player in this draft, but Brian Schroeder, who's going to be on the show coming up this week, 
corrected me the other day, said, no, it's actually uh, Leonard Miller, who's the youngest player by a little bit. So there you go. Durant's still pretty young. He's, he turns 19 in like November, I think. Um, the Thunder need that center. Duren, big, strong, put on a lot of bulk. Um, not sure if he's going to have any offensive game ever, really, or you know, a, a sizable offensive game, but better than, say, a Mark Williams. And if centers weren't such a weird position in the NBA, he probably would go higher than 12. As Just in terms of a player, he's probably like the sixth or seventh best guy here, but value and use in the current NBA, I'm not sure he needs to go any higher than that. So we've got Jalen Duran going at number 12 to the Oklahoma City Thunder. At 13, it is Ty Ty Washington, so it wasn't too far of a fall. He goes to the Hornets at 13. Um, their backup point guard situation was pretty rough last year. They were running Ish Smith for a period of time, then they ran nobody, basically Terry Rogier. Kentucky guards have always been underutilized at Kentucky. Not that the Hornets need a starting point guard, because they don't, but I think Ty Ty could play alongside Lamelo. He could back up Lamelo, and once you're outside the top ten, look, there's no guarantee you're getting any sort of starters. So if a player is a 22 minute a night rotation guy for ten years, it's a bloody huge win, and maybe Ty Ty can do that. Plus, if he develops into a starter, like Devonte Graham did, you trade him away if you, if, if that's what you want. At 14, this guy I feel like I'm going to be all over the place on Usman Jeng. Well, I, I am already all over the place. I had him at 15 in my first mock, 26 last mock. Back to 14 this mock. Dug a little bit more in. A lot of people, again, that I talk to are really interested in his passing, his defense, his ability to run a pick and roll, his size, his age. All those things are great. They're super useful in today's NBA. So the Cavs' forward depth is disastrous, really. They're playing bloody Lowry Markin and small forward, and Jeng is not going to be ready initially. But a 6'9 ball handling, pick and roll running defensive wing who showed maybe he can start to shoot. I don't think I'm going to be dropping him too much further down as we move forward from here. 15 the Hornets. Mark Williams from Duke. If it wasn't the Hornets picking here, and they hadn't already made a pick, Williams would not go at 15. Good rim protector. Excellent rim protector. Excellent rim protector. Sure, yes. Good defender. Really good, yeah. Good finisher. Absolutely. How valuable is that in the NBA? I don't know. It's, not, it's all right. It's, it's got use. But it's the Hornets. They desperately need a center. It's their second pick. Yeah, he has to go. Like, if this wasn't the Hornets and I was looking at the Rockets or the Hawks or the Bulls or the Wolves or the Spurs or they're the next bunch of teams, I wouldn't pick Williams. But he goes to Charlotte. 16's Johnny Davis going to Atlanta, the guard from Wisconsin. I'm not really very high on Davis at all. Can he be a better shooter than he was at Wisconsin? I, I'd hope so because that wasn't particularly good. We'd hope that he can do somewhat more than that. Um, he's 20, so he's just a little bit older. But 33 usage, 52 true shootings, a horrible combo. Yes, the team is a huge part of that. And he's not going to have that level of usage on an NBA team, let alone the Atlanta Hawks. I'm just, I don't know. I'm just. I'm not convinced with Davis. I'm not. If he's not a high usage player, how does he fit in? I don't, I don't know the answer to that. Number 17, the Houston Rockets. Tari Eason, forward LSU. Big size, good defender. Possibly could be a top 10 player in this draft. And if I did a draft, I went like, let's get wild. I, I might have him at like nine to the Spurs. Whereas, but you know what? 
throw a lot of consensus info out. What do I, if I think this guy's going to be the ninth best player, maybe I just chuck him there. I, I can see that with Easton. I'm getting, I'm getting more impressed and impressed. But I'm not that. I'm not, I'm not there yet. But I've got Tari Eason going at 17. At 18, I've had EJ Liddell going to the Bulls in most of these ones, and I'm changing that up here. Yes, they need forward size wing players. Liddell is a little bit older, but diving in after Corey was talking about best passes in this draft class, and he threw out Jalen Williams of Santa Clara. I went, oh, okay, that's interesting. The Bulls, obviously, you know, with interesting guards, Kobe White, Ayodesunmu, uh, Alex Caruso, Lonzo Ball, DeRozan, DeRozan's not a guard, but Zach Levine. That's all, that, they're all true. Is Kobe White long for this team? Probably not. Is Zach Levine going to be on this team? Probably, but maybe not, probably. But Williams is like a 6'5-ish guard wing player. Some passing ability, some shooting ability, <clears throat> some scoring ability. When that bench goes, it gets thrown out there with the Sunmu and Caruso, like who's going to score? Well, maybe it is Jalen Williams, especially if you don't have Kobe White around. 19, it's the Wolves, EJ Liddell. Forwards, important. They were running Malik Beasley. Uh, Anthony Edwards is a forward. I think you want those guys playing guard. Yeah, they were running Vanderbilt and McDaniels as their forwards together at times. They just didn't... No small forwards. That's the problem across the league. So Liddell can slide straight in there and I think can contribute straight off the bat. Number 20, Ochai Baji, guard from Kansas. And I know that Ogbaji made huge, huge improvements over the course of his career. Massive improvements. Like was able to take himself from being a... You know, afterthought really as a freshman to being an NCAA champion as a senior. But he is a senior and he is 22. The shooting was really good. And around this area is totally fine to take a play at like this. But I've seen people wanting to take Ogbaji, Ogbaji, sorry, in like the top 10 or top 12. And I just think as a 22-year-old, I, I, I don't think that's right. Now, can he continue to improve? Probably yes. Is there a chance he's better than Jalen Williams? Yep. I'm just, I'm just not, I'm not as convinced on him. I'm getting, I'm getting more convinced. I'm just not quite there. When we talked about Jake Laravia the other day, I talked about how he'd be a perfect. This is with Richard. Talked about how he'd be a perfect fit on the Yugget, the Yuggets, on the Nuggets, getting passes from Nikola Jokic. So that's what we did. I just chucked him to twenty-one. Richard convinced me to really look into this guy more. And I, I agree. Like, I just don't, I don't know what the fault is with him. Can he shoot? Can he defend? Can he pass? Can he rebound? Like, yes, 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 yes. Would he be perfect playing off Nikola Jokic, backing up Aaron Gordon and moving in to replace him, replacing Will Barton? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Let's do it. The Nuggets have had great success. We've got the big stiffy Bones Highland as a pick in this area. They've had this Malik Beasley. They've picked great players late. Another one here. 22, Memphis going with Kennedy Chandler, point guard out of Tennessee. There's a chance he's better than Ty Ty Washington. I also don't know if he's a starting caliber point guard, but Tyus Jones might leave for Memphis. Just getting another guy in who can be somewhat of a ball handler. Um, I think they can develop him pretty well. 23 is the Sixers. Blake Wesley, guard out of Notre Dame. The size is a little bit of a worry. Can he be someone that maybe takes over from a Sheikh Milton in a year or two or from that Furkan Korkmaz role? Maybe. 
could they have also taken Bryce McGowan's here? Yep, that was another option for me. And I think I might have actually had McGowan's going there last time. Yeah, I did at, at 23. I had McGowan's last time. But uh, Wesley's dropped down the board somewhat, so I'm going to go with him here at 23. And then at 24, it's Nikola Jovic, the forward out of Mega, going to the Milwaukee Bucks. 6'10 shooter, can pass a bit. Defensively, obviously, issues. But I've seen people have him in their top 12, top 13 players. Um, I'm not that high on him. And normally he'd be a player I'd get pretty interested in, but I'm not I'm not really there with him. I just think some of the defensive stuff, and it's not quite where I'd like it to be. But I think at 24, it's fine. New player into a mock here at 25. Christian Coloco, center, going to the Spurs at 25. Center out of Arizona. I do think there is a little bit of ability for him to become a shooter. We talked about him last week. Good rim protection numbers, good finishing, good free throw shooting. Their backups, yeah, Jock Landale, not, you know, fine, Jock, good Aussie bloke, but I think Coloco, and if they're looking to trade off of Pirtle, yeah, picking centers in this area of a draft is totally fine. And I think there is something there with Coloco. Number 26, Mateo Spagnolo going to the Mavericks, forward, Cremona, shooting. I think he's got rotation ability, and the Mavs love international prospects. We know this. Getting a guy in there that t- could take those Sterling Brown minutes in the future. Battle with Josh Green and be a better shooter than Josh Green. Sure, Spagnolo can move in there. 27 is Miami. They're going with Bryce McGowan's 6'6 guard forward from Nebraska. And Miami develops players really well. We know this. Getting a little bit of size on the wing. Yeah, filling in that Caleb Martin-ish sort of role. Yeah, cool. 28, David Roddy forward. Golden State Warriors out of Colorado State. We know that he's a weirdo. He's like a 6'5", power forward center. Huge body, absolutely super strong. Just say, learn from Draymond, mate. He's not Draymond, but he's going to have to defend players that are bigger than him like Draymond, and that's where you learn it. You learn it in Golden State. Lastly, last two picks, 29, Memphis, Leonard Miller, the forward at a 40-year-y. People got him high. People got him in the 50s. People got him in the 20s. We, much like yes, the overtime elite guys like Montero and Barlow, um, like Shaden Sharp, you know, we don't really know what to expect from Miller. But Memphis always likes to take flyers on these sort of guys, and they'll work some pretty good things there. And then I was convinced by, who was it? that uh, Richard, who talked about Ryan Rollins last week. So I'm going to take Ryan Rollins, guard out of Toledo, number 30. Just having a ball handler, a pick-and-roll operator behind Shea and, and Giddy. So you're not relying upon Georgios Kalatzakis. Or who was the bloke? Now, I can't remember his name. Oh, that's right. Xavier Simpson. Simpson, eh? Having a guy like Rollins, I think, is a lot better for the future development. Now, in terms of guys that dropped out from my last mock, Jaden Hardy. Not sure about him. Not the sort of player that I like. And oh, he could be he could blow up and be great, but I'm not sure. Josh Minot. I think I called him Minot last time. Minot. And Kendall Brown, who... The more I look into it, the shooting is just its just bad, man. It's just really bad, and I'm not sure. Uh, would I rather take a flyer on a higher upside guy like maybe a Patrick Baldwin or a Peyton Watson than a Kendall Brown if they're all going to not shoot? Maybe I would. So I've dropped Brown way down. The size is important for him, but he just, I don't know. I just, I was just not, con- not convinced. And that is how it all looks for me for my mock draft. What did you think? Which pick did you hate the most? Which one did you like the most? Drop it down in the comments below and we can have a chat about it.
Follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you're here on YouTube, you know what to do. Thumb it up and leave those comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.